you're listening to another inspirational message from Bell Road Church. If you live in the North Phoenix area and are looking for a church community, we'd love to have you join us. It's a great place for the whole family where you can have fun and grow closer to Jesus. For more information, visit us at www.bellroadchurch.com. Well, hey, thanks again so much for joining us here at Bell Road Church. Today, we're actually going to finish the series that we've been in for quite a while called Miracles. So it's the grand finale today. And we started this series way back in Easter. Easter feels like forever ago, doesn't it? Like, like when was Easter? That was forever ago. So today, we're going we're gonna to finish it. We kind of hit the pause for a couple of weeks, but now we just want to bring it home. And I want to start off by going to the words of Jesus in Luke chapter 22. So if you have your Bible, feel free to go there. Luke chapter 22. This is what Jesus says. He says, Simon, Simon, Satan has asked to sift you as wheat. But I have prayed for you, Simon, that your faith may not fail. And when you have turned back, strengthen your brothers. I'm sharing these verses because I really believe that we are in a season right now of sifting. It's something that we are all dealing with collectively. Now, interestingly, we go through different seasons individually, and, and so oftentimes we don't find ourselves all in the same season. But right now, collectively, like this is the same, we're, doing the, we're going through the same stuff. And there's lots of emotions, lots of confusion. There's just a lot of stuff going on. And this, I would say, is a collective season of sifting that we're all going through. What is sifting? Sifting is, is this. It's defined as to separate to examine closely or question, to pass through, sort, scrutinize, or inspect. And so when Jesus said these words to Peter, he wasn't just talking to Peter, he was talking to all the disciples. And he was preparing them for what was about ready to take place as he went to the cross. And he wanted them to know they're getting ready to go through a tough season. Sifting seasons are always hard. They're never enjoyable. They're, they're not things we actually look forward to. There are things we want to avoid. There are, there are seasons in life that we wish we didn't ever, ever have to go through. They're difficult. And that's how I would describe the season that we've been going through right now, the last several months. I, don't, I want to speak to just holistically the last several months and everything that we've been going through. I would call this a season of sifting. And here's what I know about hard seasons. How we respond to the hard seasons determine how we come out of the hard seasons. And I want to encourage you to make the determination right now to respond in such a way that says, Jesus, I'm going to lean into you. I'm going to trust you. I'm going to allow you to do whatever you need to do in my life so that I can come out of this season better, so that I can come out of this season closer to you. I'm praying that we all come out of this better. I'm praying that you're stronger. I'm praying that our church is stronger as we come out of this season of sifting, but we've got to be intentional in how we respond right now. So really what we got to do is think about the end in mind. Who do you want to be? How do you want to grow? What do you want to get out of this season? Yes, no one wants to go through all of the uncomfortable, painful, confusing craziness of everything we're going through right now. But nonetheless, here we all are. And so it's important for us to say, okay, God, what do you want me to get out of this? What do you want to do in my life so that you and I can come out of this stronger? So Jesus' response to, to the disciples saying, hey, you're going to go through a season of sifting is, but I've prayed for you. 
which can be encouraging words, especially when Jesus says that about you, right? I'm afraid about you. Oh, gee, thanks, Jesus. That's, I need that, especially from you. But how he prays to me is kind of interesting. He doesn't pray, I'm going to protect you. Nothing's going to actually harm you. It's going to begin to appear to get difficult, but then it's not because I'm going to send an army of angels and, and everything the enemy tries to do in your life. And as he comes against you, it's not going to happen. I'll, I will keep you safe. And then the rest of your life is going to be smooth sailing, easy sailing. Don't we wish that Jesus would do that for us? That's not what he says. He says, I prayed for you and I prayed that your faith would not fail. That's an interesting prayer, isn't it? That our faith wouldn't fail. And so two things stand out to me about that statement from Jesus. Number one is he's not going to protect us from every season of sifting. He's going to allow us to go through those seasons of, of sifting because he knows that good can come out of it if we let him. Number two is our faith could actually fail. That's kind of scary. And I think we're in a collective season of sifting right now, and the enemy is trying to sift the church as much as he possibly can. He is attacking. He is causing us to feel overwhelmed, discouraged, isolated, confused. He's causing us to fight against each other. He's even causing some of us to question, is God even here? Where is God in the midst of all of this? He would love for our faith to fail, but if he can't get us to that point, he wants to at least get us to become ineffective in our relationship with Jesus. The enemy wants to sift us, and we're in a season of sifting. I think we've got to pay attention to this. And my prayer is for you and I that we would come out of this for the better. How we respond to the hard seasons determines how we come out of the hard seasons. And that's what we're going through right now. Again, typically, this is an individual thing that you and I would go through, but it's all of us. Collectively, we're going through craziness and sifting together. And I believe Jesus would look at you right now and say, I prayed for you. I am praying for you, and I'm praying that your faith would not fail. And can we just receive those prayers? Did you know that Jesus right now is seated at the right hand of God, interceding and praying for you? Have you ever thought about what's he praying for me about? Jesus, what do you, and in fact, I found myself asking that question a lot recently. Jesus, I know you're praying for me. What are you, what are you praying? What are you open? I want to, I, I, you know, I just want to know how to respond and what to do. What are you praying for me, Jesus? And I think at the top of the list, I think these words are what he would echo to us consistently over the course of our life. I'm praying that your faith wouldn't fail. Yes, I know you're going through something, something tough right now. I'm praying that your faith wouldn't fail. I'm praying that your faith would be strengthened. I'm praying that you'd be encouraged. I'm praying that you will come out of this stronger than when you came into this. And so receive those prayers right now from Jesus. That your faith would not fail. And so... As we go through the season, I felt strongly about sharing this message here today that I think is going to really have, a, uh, I think, a profound impact on your life if you begin to apply what we're going to talk about. And so as I go into this, I want to pick up where we left off last week. We talked about three things as we really talked about and addressed racism and racial tension that still exists in our country, obviously. And we talked about how we all need to grieve, we all need to learn, and we need to change. Those three things, grieve, learn, change. So there's a grieving that I think we need to do individually. There's a collective grieving that's going on in our country. We're grieving the loss, the hurt, the pain, 
uh, of our black African-American brothers and sisters in this season that it's okay to grieve that. It's okay to grieve even the, the confusion in the midst of this. It's okay to grieve my lack of understanding, my lack of experience, my lack of I don't know what to do. It's okay to, we need to grieve all of that. We need to grieve even the loss of innocent lives in this season and all this that's going on. We, it's good to grieve. So we got to grieve. There's this grieving that we need to do, all of us, regardless of our experience or where we're at with this. And then we got to learn. God, what do you want to speak to me? What do you need to teach me that I don't know? Holy Spirit, speak to me. See if there's any offensive way inside of me, as the psalmist said. Do I have prejudice in me? Do I have racial issues in my life, in my heart, that I actually need to address? God, would you teach me? Would you speak to me? I need to learn. I need to grow. You know what I love that's taking place in our country right now is there is overall a collective learning that's taking place. There is, there is movement happening. And we are in the beginnings, I believe, and I don't know if you see this or sense this, but I see it. Uh, of change taking place, which is number three, right? Change. Change is happening in our country, and it seems even more so or even equally as much as when Martin Luther King Jr. was walking and marching. Like, there is a good movement of reconciliation happening in our country amidst all the craziness, amidst the polarizing stuff. I, I, I love that I see the conversation is moving forward, and I think greater healing is happening, and I just pray more, Lord, more. And so it's important for you and I to have this posture of, of, I want to grieve, I need to learn, and change. God, I need to change. Change me, change my heart, change how I see things. I want to see things the way you see things. Uh, change my family, change our country. Change. So one of our dear friends in, in this community here at Bell Road Church wrote a song about change in regards to everything that we're facing, we're dealing with right now. Maybe you saw... Candace sing this on Facebook. She posted on Facebook a couple weeks ago. And so I invited Candace to come and sing this song to us right now because I think it speaks very clearly to what we're looking at today and all that's going on in our country. So Candace, I invite you to come and share. Good morning. Hi. <laughs> yeah, well, I'm very, very grateful to be up here. And um, like I said in first service, I when I was writing this song, I did not expect to be asked to sing it in front of the congregation. But I am very grateful that Tyra and Amy asked me to, to sing this song and share it with you guys. But um, before I do, I just wanted to share what was placed in my heart yesterday. And um, if not most everyone in this room and everyone who is watching, I think is very overwhelmed with either their pain or their their anger or their fear. And when I have at least gone through that, I've I've realized that sometimes that would make me feel like God is distant from my situation and distant from what's going on around me and and he's not hearing the cries of my soul. And I feel like this morning God wanted to remind you and that he's very, very near. Um, he hears the cries of your heart. He sees what's going on in the world. He breathes life into every one of you and also every person on this planet, whether they know him or not. He breathes life into them. He sent to this planet. So it's very, very heartbreaking for our God as well. And he is, he's wanting to walk alongside you and he's wanting you to invite him into that pain that you're going through and not to try to carry this alone, 
we're not designed to carry that alone. And um, so he just wanted me to, to say that and remind you that he is, he's here with you. Um, and I wrote this song when I, after coming across that video of, of George Floyd and the, the terrible way of how he passed, and um, I was just praying, I was like, God, like, what do I do with this? This is overwhelming. I don't know how to deal with this pain. And I just started writing and asking God to just minister to my soul while I was writing, and it was really healing for me to, to sing it. And so I, I hope that it brings some comfort to you guys as well. This valley of shadows, I pray that the light will guide us through the pain and the sorrows. Let's stand hand in hand each step to change, change, change. Together we can change, change, change. Put down the hate, put down all strife. Can't fight fire with fire. We put it out with water. the skies with our colors a unity of souls crying for change 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 together we can change 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 I know that we can change Your heart, our hearts, they all beat the same. My skin, your skin, our skins, they all bleed the same. The same. My heart, your heart, our hearts, they all beat the same.
change, change, change. Together we can change, change, change. I know that we can change. there for a moment, Candice. I'd love to invite you to pray with me right now as we go deeper, further into this message that God would just prepare our hearts for what is about to be shared. So let's pray. Jesus, we're so thankful that with you there is always hope. And so we're looking to you, the hope of the world, the hope of humanity. And we're praying and believing that you're going to bring about an amazing change in our country, more healing, greater healing, greater reconciliation. But Lord, I pray that it would start in us. Let that change start in our hearts. Jesus, we give you permission to continue to speak to us, to change us, to transform our lives, our hearts from the inside out. Lord, I pray that it would begin with us, with our families, this church community. We want to be the change that you long to see, that we long to see in the world so, God, we give you permission. Change us. Change us, Lord. And would you speak to us here as we continue to open up your word? I pray that, uh, that our hearts and our ears would be open to what you would speak to us here today, this morning, Jesus. Amen. 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 Thanks. Hey, can we give a hand to Candace? Thank you so much, Candace. That was awesome. Change. That's what we want, right? change. So I've titled this message this morning, it's the end of miracle series, but the title really is Lament and Grief. Or if you want a more clear title, How to Grow in the Year 2020. <laughs> Lament and Grief or How to Grow. I almost said, or how to survive the year 2020, but I didn't want you to survive, actually. I want you to grow. I, want you to, I don't want you just to make it through, but I pray that we come out of this stronger and so that's why I've called it that. But I want to talk about this thing called grief. And I want to talk about biblical grief today. Remember, that was one of the things that I think, feel like we need to do in this season. And I feel like there's more we need to grieve than just the, the, the racism and the racial tension. But this last three months, we've gone through a lot. Well, let's be real. And there's a lot of grieving that needs to take place from this season. And I want to give you permission to grieve and do what the Bible calls lamenting. We'll talk about lamenting. It's something that I'm honestly not very good at. I've been on this journey for the last several years of just growing and learning to lament. What does that look like? What does that mean? How does that feel? I've been one of those people that honestly have tried to kind of suppress my feelings. I always felt like feelings were bad. They're like, they're wrong. They're sinful. You know, just, just confess them, get over it, and just have faith and be happy and full of joy. You know, that was kind of me and my stance on feelings. But what I've learned is that feelings are important very important. They're actually indicators of how we're really doing. And so I can't suppress my feelings, so I don't want them to lead my life. I need to pay attention to them, which is really what we're talking about here today as we talk about biblical grief and lamenting. This is one of those topics we don't really talk, I think, enough about within the church. And I just had this sense just as we were coming to a close here in this series that this was such an important thing for us to really lean into, really grow, really try to apply to uh, our life and not try to just sweep things under the, under the rug like we often do. You know, we like to move on from things quickly, don't we? 
It's like, okay, I prayed about it a couple times. I dealt with it. I talked with somebody about it. I'm good, right? I'm good. And we see, you know, we think I'm fine, you know, and then we go on and we're what we would call faking fine. And so someone asks you, how you doing? How you doing? I'm fine. I'm fine. I'm fine. I'm fine. But internally, I'm really not. In fact, one Christian counselor called fine the Christian F word. That's what fine is. I'm fine. I'm fine. Heard someone say recently, why are we so concerned about wearing masks everywhere? We've been doing it for years anyway. Which there's some truth to that. So, our Western culture that we are a part of doesn't like grief, doesn't like to go deep within our feelings and process these things. We love growth, we love success and conquering and happiness. We love those things. We just want to be there. We want to live there. And we need to understand if we don't handle our grief and our pain and what's going on inside of us properly, we're going to end up self-medicating. And that's going to take us down a road we do not want to go. There's a lot of ways we self-medicate, right? We can spend hours on our social media. And it's not just because we want to or we love it. We're just trying, really, we're avoiding thinking, feeling. We're just passing the time and not doing the, the, the inner work of how am I really doing? We do that in front of the television. We do that, you know, with going to certain things, uh, certain types of addiction, drugs, pornography, alcohol. We can do it with food. There's so many ways that we can self-medicate when we don't handle these things going on inside of us properly. And so I want to encourage you today to pay attention and to begin going this journey. For some of you, this might be a very, very new thing. For some of you, maybe you're already doing good at this. Awesome. I just want to encourage you to do this. But for, I'll just, let's be real. For most of us, this is a very new and difficult thing. And there's really one of two extremes we can go to in regarding our, the grief that we have in life. We can drown ourselves in it, or we can just not deal with it at all. Right? That's, those are the two things we do. We drown ourselves in it or don't deal with it. And we all tend to go to one or the other side of those. So we don't want to go to, to the extremes. We want to learn to process these things. And let me just say again, I'm not giving us permission to allow our feelings to dictate our life. We're just learning to pay attention to them so they don't dictate and determine our life. But this is hard. It's hard work. Grieving and truly lamenting is difficult. It can be even painful. It can take a while. But what I've learned is that God wants our sad. Did you know that? Maybe you needed to hear that today. God wants your sad. And that's okay. Remember that movie, Inside Out? Isn't that a great movie? Don't you love Inside Out? And, and I'll never forget watching that. My kids were excited to watch it. We went to the Harkins across the street right here from the church property and watched it. It's a great movie. And the psychology behind it is actually very, very good. So much so that I found myself in a counseling session watching this movie as God's speaking to me. And there's this moment where literally tears are coming down my face. I'm just crying because God is just convicting me. It's that moment where the girl realizes she needs to process her sad. Sadness is an emotion she cannot avoid. She tried avoiding sad forever and ever. You need your sad. And as that point of the movie hit, I'm crying. I'm like, yeah, God needs my sad, you know. And God's, God's really using that movie to speak to me, which he can do in any moment like that, right? Don't you love how God does that? And it was just a reminder for me. I'd already been doing this journey of processing, trying to pay attention to my emotions, but it's difficult for me. It doesn't come natural to me. And in that movie, I just realized, again, 
I need to do this. God wants my sad. In fact, he encourages me to go there with him. This is a very biblical thing. Did you know that? Ecclesiastes 7 says something. That, uh, it's very strong. I would even say it's an it's almost illogical statement. Ecclesiastes 7 says, sorrow is better than laughter. For sadness has a refining influence on us. We love laughter, don't we? We don't like, like sometimes sorrow is like, I don't want to go there. I don't want to go there. But sometimes sorrow is way better for us than laughter. Sadness refines us, develops us, helps us grow, makes us better. So this is a very biblical thing. There's laments all over the scripture, all over. I mean, there's an entire book called Lamentations. Have you ever read that? You ever noticed that? Lamentations has, definitely has laments all over it. Okay, scholars will say one third to one half of all of the Psalms are actually laments. This is people pouring their heart out to God, just being honest, being very real, raw, vulnerable, saying some of the craziest outlandish things that you, some of us would say a Christian should never say that. God, just kill my enemies. We just strike them down right now, you know, and just things like, what? Am I allowed to say that? You know, people just speaking and writing and verbalizing their, their emotions. So there's this guy who became known as a man after God's own heart who wrote a lot of the Psalms. King David was known as a man after God's own heart. Why do you think that was? How did he earn that title? Was it because of his mighty deeds on the battlefield? Was it because he was a great king? It actually was because he knew how to go deep into his emotions and connect with God. He recognized he could connect close to the heart of God as he went inside and processed and grieved and lamented. And that is how he became known as a man after God's own heart. He was, I would say, human enough, not just man enough, but human enough to process all those things. And he even wrote this in Psalm 34. He said, the Lord is close to the brokenhearted and he saves those who are crushed in spirit. That's a wonderful promise from the word of God. He is close to the brokenhearted. How do you think David knew this? It's because he experienced, he, he was there. He, he allowed himself to be fully broken before the Lord and he learned and discovered God is near me in those moments. And sometimes it's in those moments we feel him even more. Even said of Jesus, Jesus was despised and rejected. He was a man of sorrows, acquainted with the deepest of grief. All over scripture, you'll find grief and this thing called biblical lamenting. It's so important for us to practice this. And I love what this theology professor said, D.A. Carson. He said, there is no attempt in scripture to whitewash the anguish of God's people when they undergo suffering. They argue with God, they weep before and with God, and they complain loudly to him. Theirs is not a faith that leads to a dry-eyed stoicism, but instead a faith so strong that it is not ashamed to unpack even the deepest of painful emotions in his presence. I think that's a key to lament. It's you and I stepping into the presence of God and bearing our soul. To him. In fact, this is how I define lament. Lament is this, expressing our honest emotions to God when life does not go like we had hoped or planned. 
That's lamenting. Expressing my honest emotions to God. When life doesn't go as I had hoped or planned. It's a question for you. How would you describe the year 2020? Has 2020 gone as you'd hoped or planned? How many would say, no, 2020 has not gone like I'd hoped or planned? Anybody like, like, yeah? Yes, yes, okay. There are things going on in our life right now that we need to lament. It is a crazy year, an emotional year, and can we just be honest? There's a lot of pain we're all experiencing because of this, a lot. And it's so important that you and I go the journey of processing this pain and learn to lament. Sometimes I laugh when I think about everything that's going on in this year, and sometimes I cry. You feel me? (laughs) You know, I saw the the, the 2020 calendar next month. Did you know that the alien abductions are going to take place? Did you know that? Not surprising. It's 2020. Of course it is. I believe it. so much going on, guys. And so that's why I felt like this was a good way for us to, in this, in this week, in this moment in time, in fact, lament's always going to be important for us, by the way, always. But especially right now, as we go through this collective sifting and even collective like dark night of the soul while we're going through all these tough things, we've got to process what's going on inside of us, this grief, this loss. At times, I've found myself lamenting in the season, some of the craziest of things. Because there's things that we love about life that we've really missed out on the last three months. And there's sometimes simple things, but just things that just add joy to life. I found myself literally lamenting the loss of the NCAA men's basketball tournament a couple months ago. I, I literally had to process because I love that so much. You know, there's no Major League Baseball season. Little things like that for me that I just love, I enjoy. I'm just like, God, I'm struggling. I miss that. And it's amazing how you just process those things and you just, you're honest. And sometimes you feel kind of silly being honest with some of these things, but it's real. It's where I'm at. And it just draws me closer to God. But you know what, God, I need you more than anything else. And then there's a lot of other things that we're lamenting in this season. Lamenting, it's us feeling the pain of where we're at right now. But more than just that, it's us burying our soul Uh, in the presence of God the Father, knowing that he cares for us, knowing that we can talk to him about anything. It's a prayer that says, God, I'm struggling. I don't know what to do. I don't know where where to go. I don't know how to handle this. I'm I'm angry. I'm frustrated. Or I'm just not feeling anything. I'm numb. I'm hurt. I'm confused. We got to lament all of these things, all these emotions, and let them out. I, I've, I've been betrayed. Some of us have been betrayed and hurt by other people, and we've never taken the time to fully grieve those things. And you and I will never experience the full, the, the full healing from God if we don't go the journey and the distance of that sorrow and that lamenting. So we've got to lament all these things. We've got to lament loss. Loss is a big deal to us because when we lose things, it's painful, guys. You think about the loss of even just relationships that you used to have that you no longer have, and you kind of miss that. The loss of loved ones is a really, really tough one. I'm lamenting still the loss of my grandma a week ago. And that, you know, that just kind of comes and goes. It's up and down when you lose loved ones. There's a lot of things we lose in life. Like throughout our entire life, we are going to have to deal with loss. Where you get to this place where you realize, God, this this marriage, 
the marriage or relationships didn't turn out like I thought it was going to. My career, my life, I'm not in this place that I thought I was going to. You're mourning the loss of that. Physically, as we get older and older and older, you're like, I'm not as young as I used to be. God, and you kind of lament those things. And you get older and older, and your body begins to really even struggle more and more. It's, it's important that as humans, we lament all of these things. It is okay. Because there's a lot of things we don't realize actually hurt us, and they're, they're painful inside of us until we really begin processing them. But loss is a big deal and something we're going to face for the rest of our life. So I'm just encouraging you here this morning, today, whenever you listen to this message, to go the journey of lamenting. And some would say, this sounds kind of too feely and touchy for me, Tyrone. But that's fine. I, I, you, you can think that, but what I've learned is that this has brought health into my life and it has brought me closer to God. In fact, someone would say, why, why, wish, why should I lament? What's the big deal? Well, let me, let me give you four reasons why you and I should lament. Number one, lament brings us a, a deeper relationship with God. You will get deeper, get closer to God as you lament and process all these things. I promise you. Number two, lament brings the healing power of God to your life. As we end this series of miracles, we're kind of, in a sense, ending it where we started. We talked about these inside wounds that we all carry around. And I want to encourage you to learn to pay attention to those things that are still bothering. Maybe those things that still hurt. Maybe it happened years ago and it's still a pain. It's still a hurt. You've got to continue to process that and say, God, I need you. God, I need you. Would you help me? Would you bring healing to this so that he can bring healing to that area of your life? Have you ever heard that term of proud flesh? It's an interesting term that usually refers to the wounds on horses, but humans can actually get proud flesh as well. And what it is is that the skin on top of the wound begins to heal quicker than the wound itself. And so the wound is still actually infected and it's not doing good, but there's this skin that's coming over the top and sometimes it looks kind of weird and odd. So it appears like, oh, it's healing, it's looking better. But when you touch that proud flesh area on an animal, it move, it, it'll react in pain because it's still very, very painful. And I think that too often we find ourselves with spots of emotional proud flesh. Well, we're living life and it, we have this appearance of it's healed over, but when it gets touched, pain happens. And we react this way or we do this and we realize, okay, uh, there's something going on inside of me. We can blame so-and-so or the situation or this, but the truth is there's something internally that caused me to feel this way. It's kind of like faking fine, right? We love to fake fine. We love to put on the masks. Okay, we have this appearance that... That, it, that it's healed, but actually there's still an infection inside that I need to deal with that needs healing. This is why I think God wants us to lament. He knows that our pain and our grief will eventually come out one way or another. It's going to happen. One way or another, it will all come out. So let's do it in a healthy way. Let's deal with it. Let's go straight to it and process it in a healthy way. Otherwise, it's going to come out in other ways unhealthy ways, and anger, detachment, like I said, we'll go to addiction, we'll go, you know, to all these self-medicating things, we can even get apathetic or even abandon our faith. Our faith could fail because of all of this, simply because we didn't respond directly to an issue that caused us pain in our life and get healing. 
So how do we handle this? What do we do with this? You, you obviously, you just got to go straight to the infection, right? You got to go to the wound, okay? Forget that it appears this way. Go straight to what's going on and prioritize the internal hurts and the healing and not allow there to, the, the proud flesh to give this false sense of healing. But it's easy to live there. It's easy to be in that place where I have this sense of healing, but it's false because deep down inside, there's still a hurt. It might take some time. It might take days, it might take months, it might take years. Some people have to go through years of sorrow. Even talking with people that have lost a spouse that they were with for years, where it took a long time for them to go through that journey of sorrow. Please know that God's okay with that. It is okay. And I'm here today to give you permission to go the journey. Hey, with those deep things, we gotta be careful we don't do it quick. We do it too quick like we like to do it, and then it doesn't fully heal. Fast healing on deeper wounds usually means false healing. You don't want false healing. Let's not try to do it quick or, or too fast, okay? So we want true, legitimate healing. That's what God wants for all of us. So lament also brings, number three, your greater ability to walk in emotional health. And man, I long for that for all of us, that you and I would walk in emotional health. What that means is walking in maturity. And Jesus longs for that for you as well. This is why I love that many of us took time to do this emotionally healthy relationships course for the last couple of months. For those of you that took advantage of it, we learned a lot of powerful, profound, and even practical things on how we can grow in our emotional health and dealing with people and all that kind of stuff. Great stuff. If you missed out, you missed out because it was so good. I long for us to be emotionally healthy people. And I love what Pete Scazzaro says about this. He says, you and I cannot be spiritually mature while remaining emotionally immature. It's impossible. And so if I am emotionally immature, then I'm not spiritually mature. This is a very important aspect to our life, this emotional maturity, our emotional intelligence is what that is. And so lamenting brings a greater ability to walk in emotional health as we go that journey. And, and, and what I've learned is that forgiveness is a part of that grief process. And so for some of us, these things that we're processing are things that happen to us that we need to forgive. Even when we don't feel like it, we just begin to speak it. We say, God, help me with this. And forgiveness is a part of that healing process as well. And then lastly, number four, lamenting brings the ability to address the hurts of other people. To the degree that you and I have allowed God to bring healing in our life is the degree that we can actually help other people find healing in their life. And if I haven't gone that journey inside, I can't empathize with other people. If I haven't felt the pain and the emotions of everything, there's no way I can empathize with where other people are at. And so out of my healing, I can actually heal other people. Yes. You heard that phrase, hurt people, hurt people, right? Hurt people, hurt people. I'd like to add to this healed people, heal people. Amen. And we want to be among the healed people. And again, we can be healing and still in process and still help people by the grace of God. Obviously, it doesn't mean you can't help people until you reach that end of that perfection. Okay, that's, that's not it. Grace of God helps all of us help people, right? But we're in process of healing. We want to be healed so that we can see other people healed out of this. Lament brings all of those into our life, a deeper relationship with God, the healing power of God into your life, the ability, a greater ability to walk in emotional health and the ability to address the hurts of other people friends, let's be people who lean into this in our life and lament. 
This may not be the best sermon you ever heard in your life, but this could be one of the best things for your life as you and I learn to experience the freedom and the healing that God has for us. I'm just encouraging you, let it out, let it out, process, grieve, lament. It's very biblical. biblical. In fact, I think God invites us to this, where Jesus says, blessed are those who mourn, for they will be comforted. So in Pete Scazzaro's book, Emotionally Healthy Spirituality, he gives us three phases of grief. So I want to share these with you as we come to a close here. So this is important for us. And we're talking a lot about Pete Scazzaro here today and last week, and for good reason. He, along with one other leader, mentor in me and Amy's life, are the only two people I've ever heard talk about grief and lament, ever. And they've spoken to us, and I feel like this is been such profound growth and learning for me that this is, I've discovered a, a very important part of our relationship with Jesus, just in, in life. And so I love what Pete says to this guy. Okay, here's the three phases of grief. And, and so I want to encourage you as you grieve everything that you need to grieve right now and will ever need to grieve. What you're doing, number one, is you got to, you really got to pay attention. You can't suppress, you can't push it aside. Pay attention. God, speak to me, show me. Why do I feel angry? Why does this upset me? Why am I confused? Why am I so sad about this? Why am I not angry about this? Why am I feeling numb? Just, it's it's kind of like, God, what's going on? I, I need to know, and it's, it's learning to pay attention. And for me, what I've learned is that journaling can really help. As I journal things, I write things out. For some of us, that's what we need, because then all of a sudden, it just kind of it, it comes. But we've got to learn to pay attention. Because if we don't know if there's an issue, we can't take care of it, right? So we've got to pay attention. Number two, wait on God and the confusing in between. And so there's this period of waiting, waiting. I'm trusting God. God, you're going to continue to move. In my life, you're going to bring healing into my life. I'm waiting on you. I'm paying attention. I'm processing all these things. I'm asking you for to bring healing in my life. Help me. I'm lamenting. I'm pouring out my heart to you, God. And I'm waiting on you. Wait on God. In the confusing in between, it can be confusing. Why hasn't it happened yet, God? Why are they getting to experience that and I'm not? You know, it can be confusing, all this weight on God and the confusing in between. Continue trusting him through it all. And then lastly, is let the old birth the new in his time. And you and I need to understand that God will birth new out of this. He longs to, he wants to. We've got to allow him to do his work in us. And you and I will step into the new, out of the old, as we trust God, as we wait on him, as we continue to pay attention, and we go the journey of lamenting and grieving. And I love what Pete said uh, in regards to that last point. He said, good grieving is not just letting go, but also letting it bless us back. And think about that. The deepest hurts, wounds, and pains in our life can actually turn around and become a blessing to us. Isn't that amazing how God does that? The hardest things we go through in life can actually in turn become a blessing. And I pray that that would happen in your life. I pray that you get to this place where you'd say, man, that was tough, but this is all the good that God has birthed out of it. And because of this, I can now speak to this. I can minister to these people. I can share my story. I can point people who are going through the same thing to God who heals, who has hope. 
there will come a time if you and I let him that God will turn it around and, and, and take that painful thing and bless us with it. That is an amazing, profound thing that only God can do, my friends. Only God can do. Pay attention. Wait on God and the confusing between. Let the old birth the new in his time. Can we do that? Lamenting. Remember, it's not just feeling pain. It's just pouring your heart out to God in his presence through prayer. Speaking your heart, letting it all come out and trusting him. It's a very beautiful thing. It's a very biblical thing. It's an aspect of, of praying our emotions that brings us closer to God. And I think it also brings us into a wiser, deeper understanding of who God is as we go this journey. So as I've been talking about this, maybe some of these big issues have been coming up in your mind. And you realize, man, I, gotta, I really need freedom from this. I really need healing from this. And, and to be honest, again, sometimes those issues are things we're like, I don't want to think about it. I don't want to deal with it. But maybe God is saying, hey, I want to bring healing to that area of your life. I'm ready. Are you ready? I can heal you. I can meet you in that place. As painful as it is, I can meet you there. Would you give permission to God to meet you in that place? And maybe you need some further help, okay? It's going to be important for us to individually, continually lament. But also sometimes we need help. We're starting a group called Celebrate Recovery in August. And it's, it's an amazing group that helps people become free from their, their habits, their hurts, and their hangups. And maybe you've got some habits, hurts, and hangups that are hindering you from walking in the freedom that Jesus has for you. This is an amazing group for you. We're looking to start it in August. We were hoping to start it in March, but then, you know, the whole world changed on us and shut down, so we couldn't do it then. And so we're hoping to start it in August. Celebrate recovery. This could be a great next step for you to help you really, sometimes we just need just some guidance along the way to help us really process things. Let us know. We've got a digital connect card online. We've got connect cards in the seats here in the room. If you're interested in just being a part of Celebrate Recovery, let us know and we'll communicate with you and let you know when we're going to start that and how we're going to launch that. But I think that could be a very beneficial next step for a lot of us. That's why I mention it. So we're going to take some time and we're going to just pause like we always love to do here at the end and, and, and grieve and worship and pray. I really just want you to respond how you need to respond. But maybe you're here and you're, you're watching, you're listening, and you're ready to say yes to Jesus. I would encourage you today to make the greatest decision in your life. and Put your trust and your hope in Jesus. And let us know. And let us know online. If you're ready, reach out to us. Again, you can fill out that digital connect card online. Let us know if you're ready. You want to get more connected to our community, do that through the connect card as well. Please take some time to do that right now. But I want to encourage you to enter into a posture now of prayer and worship. If you want to stand, feel free to stand. If you want to kneel, feel free to kneel. The worship team is going to come right now. And they're going to lead us in one last song. We're going to look to Jesus. He's our healer. He's our hope. He's the one that this world needs, that our country desperately needs. And we would say now more than ever. The truth is you and I individually need him right now as well. So let's look to Jesus. Let's worship. Let's pray. Let's process. And maybe there's some things you need to grieve right now. Come on, let it go. Let it out. Lament. Process it as we take some time to look to Jesus.
Hey, thanks for joining us here at Bell Road Church, where our aim is to help you to become a fully devoted follower of Christ, and we can help you do that by simply subscribing to our YouTube channel and other social media that you see on your screen. Again, thanks for watching and we'll see you next time. again for listening to this message of Bell Road Church. We hope you enjoyed it and that God spoke to you through it. Be sure to connect with us online via Twitter, Facebook, and at bellroadchurch.com.